0: another episode of Product Innovation Show with your guest host, Sir Ross. And my guest today grew up in a small country called Jordan. At the age of 14, he took a graphic design course at a local college uh, and he was the youngest student there, believe it or not. Lived in four countries on three different continents and currently is a director of product at Ronde, which is a new collaboration platform helping users working in online space. Magdi, thank you for coming. Really, really happy to have you here.
1: Yeah, well, thank you very much for the uh, a great uh, introduction. And the pleasure is mine. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Uh, I wanted to talk about the, uh, the worst product you had to, a chance to work on because you have a really interesting story. I believe it was Calendly competitor. It was a, it was a scheduling app. Yeah, a scheduling app. So, what, so what, what, was, what, what was the story? Like what happened? How did you got to work on it uh, in the first place?
1: So um uh, I'm going to I'm going to share more details uh, about this more than uh, the ones we we discussed earlier. So I joined a startup in uh, in Boston a few years ago as their first designer and we were it's it's a tech uh, like an ed tech startup and the startup was uh trying to help uh high school students uh, in getting uh, their applications ready for college and helping them prepare for college to increase their chances mm-hmm. for getting ex- accepted uh, from their college of choice. And during at that time uh, uh, one of the problems that we were facing at the startup was that uh, we had a scheduling problem. So the like when we were like looking for solutions to the problem I was so focused on solving the problem with software that we built and we decided that okay we're gonna go ahead and build software to help us solve this scheduling problem and Mm -hmm. I I admit it like I admit that I did not look at the problem uh, properly from the right angle so and we, we kind of uh, like jumped the gun like almost too quickly and decided on going with that solution without considering other solutions. So we decided to, to build software to solve this problem. The software was very similar to Calendly, basically a scheduling software to help mm-hmm. students schedule a session with a mentor to help them uh, with their college application. However, when I think about this problem now, I wonder why... We didn't like try to solve it with off the shelf software, and why didn't we try to solve it um, solve the the operational problem because the the like the scheduling was not the only problem that we had, and building our own software is like is a challenging thing time consuming challenging and expensive, and not to think about maintaining it and all of that so that's one the other thing or the other huge mistake i think i made which is that we decided to uh, release this for everyone on the platform so all of our users got the new uh, scheduling app and they were asked to only use this scheduling app and obviously it wasn't perfect (laughs) it was (laughs) super buggy we got a sea of uh, support tickets people were not happy (laughs) with the i I can imagine yeah and that was a like a valuable lesson like an expensive valuable lesson that i learned that we should first of all investigate uh, the problem that we're trying to solve thoroughly we should look at all the different solutions that could solve the potentially solve the problem and do a cost uh, analysis to like to determine whether this is the right solution for this problem and lastly uh, it's super important to stagger stagger your release do uh, as much testing as possible before you flip the switch and release your feature to everybody
0: but why did you why did you decide at that time that building your own app was the way to go Uh, why do you think you you thought it was the right decision at that time
1: uh, there were a couple of reasons one of those reasons is that we wanted to have control over the uh the data which would we would use to do some data analysis to determine when our consultants or our mentors are going to be mostly available for our customers so we have two sides of the equation our mentors mm-hmm. and the customers and we need to get like a some anal- analysis or analytics on when those people are available who who is uh, like who from our mentorship pool is uh is like super overwhelmed who has a lot of availability to balance things out that's one and two we wanted to uh, just get uh, general uh, analytics to understand how much time do they spend in those sessions. Um, And uh, if sessions were successful or not by uh, asking or surveying the, the customers after a session is done.
0: So you thought at the time that the data was more important or had a higher value than um, getting something off the shelf and then having less data?
1: Uh, I think so. Uh, that's one, but I think I, I didn't think about getting the data in another way, because I'm, I'm pretty sure there are other ways to get the data without building your own software. Like you could find an off the shelf tool that would provide you with some sort of data that would be helpful for you. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's where. I think, uh, yeah, we could have <laughs> done better.
0: Uh, but, but you guys still looked at alternatives uh, while, w- while you, while you were looking at, uh, do we build our own? Do we not build our own? You, you looked at it. What did you, what do you feel like? Wh- why did you like, was it just more of a, okay, we looked at alternatives. You already predetermined, or you already thought this is the only answer. And then at, like early on, you stopped looking like real, really looking.
1: Um. We did look at the alternatives, and the obvious one was was gallantly. Uh, however, um, I thought that building something that would have uh, our brand at its core, like the visual look and the the whole overall, like having control of the the mm-hmm. overall experience, I thought that this is going to be critical for the success of our product. But I later on learned throughout my career that this is not what determines the success or the failure of your product. What determines that is whether you're solving an actual problem for the user or not. So if you have a solution that is good enough, then definitely people are going to use it, or they are more likely are going to use it. But if you have a a well-designed solution for a problem that nobody cares about, yeah, people are just going to look at it and like, okay, this looks nice, but not going to use it.
0: Mm. Yeah, that that I'm thinking as a user, this is exactly. This is exactly what I do. Like it doesn't doesn't matter how beautiful or ugly, like I need this thing, like just give it to me.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So so you um you started building this app. You started building the 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 um, the Calendly alternative. How early did you realize, uh oh, we actually went in the wrong direction? uh it was
1: late when I learned that (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I I think my brain ignored those early signs uh, because I was uh kind of like young I would say and I did not have uh, enough experience uh I learned about or I discovered that we made a mistake when we started getting all those uh complaints from our users Mm -hmm. people were not happy about it. That's when I learned that, okay, we probably have made a, a big mistake here.
0: And you, um, with the lesson number two, you, you, t- we talked a little bit about the release. So what would be a, let's say if a first part, you made the correct decision, you decided to build your app and this was the right thing to do, but then what should have you done? with the part two when you are releasing it. Uh, so the bugs, obviously, you know, it's good to spend time more on QA, make sure that like no mission critical things are um, missed there. But what, what what should you do like in a better ideal world? With no, number number two. For sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, the first thing I would do is put a lot more emphasis on testing the the product internally as much as we could and then expand our testing to a few external users. So we would uh, test it on maybe with like a a couple of mentors, ask them to use the product for like a week, and see how they react to it, gather some feedback, make some changes, and then increase our testing group to maybe like a handful of mentors like or like, uh, like a dozen of mentors. And then After that, like after we do the second round of testing, if we started getting some good signs that, okay, we don't have any major issues with uh, the experience, everything is as people would expect it to be, then at that point, we would maybe uh, release it to, uh, let's say uh, 10% of our user base, depending on how big is our user base. But at that time, we, I think had around Six hundred uh, mentors, so ten percent would be sixty. So ten percent sounds like reasonable. Just mm-hmm. to test it out for like a, a week, a- another week, and then if everything goes well, not so many bugs, then we would release it to everybody
0: after mm-hmm. that. Right, but but also consider maybe having an, an option, whatever the whatever the the solution was before that your users used just don't kill that uh
1: that uh, as well but it, it's it's a tricky thing to do like in some cases you would want them to stop using the other solutions that they were using because, from the get-go um uh, from the get-go like when you flip the switch I like I my recommendation I I it's hard to recommend it's uh like it's different depending on your situation but for our situation at that time we we wanted people to use our to switch our platform uh, just like for for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier about the analytics and mm-hmm. uh, gathering the data and also because we wanted to to be perceived more professionally by the uh, the customers the parents and the students we wanted to look like a like a like an actual brand rather than just a bunch of kids trying to help other kids with their uh, college
0: applications. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this is a great case study. I know maybe not the not the not necessarily the outcome of uh, what what uh, what you would prefer the company would prefer, but but so many lessons though.
1: Definitely, definitely, super valuable. And I, yeah, I I love that startup I worked at. Everyone there taught me a lot of great uh things that i i still carry with me every day and those lessons are uh they, they were like hard to to learn uh but i yeah i i'm, I'm very thankful and um, for that yeah
0: mm. we yeah we usually do learn quite 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 a lot more from these difficult experiences uh one other thing i was going to ask you what are the bad things that you hear being recommended in product or in design? Do this, don't do this, spend more time on this, spend less time on that. What is something that you often hear? Uh, we've covered a few, but something else that is not necessarily what people should be doing either, either product or design.
1: Um, one of the, the things like so in design, the the most uh, recommendation that i keep hearing from different people is to create a design system because it will help the team move faster very common yeah and i disagree with that (laughs) okay Uh, i i think i think I, i disagree for that for uh like for the type of companies who are in their early stages if you're a startup i don't think you should invest in building your design system or building a design system in general i think you should try to focus on uh, the build speed in other ways so do not complicate things by trying to make sure that everything is standardized everything looks uh like perfect everything is uh, a component and all of that doing that is going to slow you down doing that is going to be expensive maintaining that is going to also be a drag. And if you like think about all these things that are related to a design system and you are in a startup, like you will notice that, okay, this is like a a gigantic product on its own besides the product or the main product of my startup. So you have to pick your battles at your early stages. And a design system is a battle that I think you should like try to postpone or push to the future until you have a more of a mature team. And instead of building like a design system from day one, just uh, have a conversation with your engineers and educate them or talk to, discuss with them the, the benefits of building components and let them build the components as they go instead of trying to build everything ahead of time. So when they are implementing features, Ask them to keep that in mind. Just try to build reusable components. If that's not going to add to the implementation time, and take it from there. So that's uh, uh, on the on the design side.
0: I love it. This yeah. is fantastic. There's, I've heard so many times: design system, design system, design system. <laughs> but but you know what it is? I think, like just hearing what you've been what you've been saying, it's just a lack of focus, like. Steve jobs comes to Apple 1998 or 1997 companies six months from being bankrupt, Mm -hmm. draws the circle, kills all the lines, literally leaves two products. Effectively only two products. We're going to focus on just two products. Can we just, if we take a lot of the companies and we draw, we draw the same, do the same exercise, there's going to be a lot more than two, Mm -hmm. but it's also, I think to your point is what do you consider a product? design system is the hidden little beast. Like mm-hmm. You need to just pour a lot of resources in. And then what ends up happening is people start, then they leave, then they get reassigned, and then, and then it just kind of drags you away from what you have identified, if you have identified a core initiative. Uh, and hopefully that's a long-term initiative.
1: Definitely, definitely. But like usually when you are like starting a company you usually have like a, a, like, a, like at least a short, like you should have like at least a short term vision for what you're trying to build and anything else besides that is a distraction. Like trying to build, for example, a support channel is a distraction. Trying to like, I don't know, like build like an awesome, fancy marketing website it might be helpful, but at, at, at the same time, I think it's a, another distraction. So you have to weigh all those things and decide where do you want to put the majority of your focus? Like Where do you want to put 80% of your uh, like resources and uh, focus
0: in? You can probably label it, which is, which is not going to be necessarily correct, but as an exercise, active action and passive action. Hmm. Active action is something that absolutely gets you to the specific goal. Can the user actually do this? Passive action is everything else. Mm. And it could look active, but it's actually not active action. It it looks like a cool idea, and it might be very difficult, but it's a passive action.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a
0: good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, but it comes back all to comes back to focus, Uh, Magdi, anything I I love this, by the way, Uh, anything I haven't asked you in this interview that you wanted to mention or any final messages you wanted to leave the audience with?
1: Yeah, there's there's actually one other thing, a bad recommendation that (laughs) I wanted to highlight. Yes. (laughs) That I I may have a a not so uh, popular opinion about, which is that it's on the product side of things. And this is what we
0: like, unpopular (laughs) opinions. So.
1: Usually a lot of the advice that I hear in the industry is that you should provide your team with super high-level goals and ask your team to come up with the initiatives to develop uh, solutions that would help the company achieve those goals or those Mm -hmm. high-level goals.
0: Yeah, it's quite standard, yeah. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think this
1: Mm -hmm. this can be super unfair to a lot of, People on the team, like PMs, designers, and engineers, to have those high-level goals, and not the initiatives. What I think we should, or what I think leadership should provide the team with, is those high-level initiatives. They should provide them with those initiatives. Like, instead of asking them or telling them that, okay, we need to improve our uh, like daily active users, we need to give them a specific initiative that they need to look at look, look for or like work on building solutions for uh, one of those initiatives could be uh, for example build a, like a feature that would uh, increase the <laughs> daily active users uh, what could be something more initiative? specific what is it
0: something more specific like build a something. landing page that drives uh these number of people to sign up for this uh feature exactly and in turn get people to uh, exactly increase increase using the app
1: exactly and then the team would try to think of like creative ways to build this landing page or this uh like feature in the application that would help drive those high level goals so and and this this frees the uh, the mind of those uh, creatives on your team to focus on solving those problems rather than trying to solve really high level problems or uh, like problems that are super complicated and that they may not have all the information they need to solve those problems. Like those high level goals, they usually come from the, uh, the executives in the company, the CEO or the, mm-hmm. uh, the heads of uh, the product and they have information that may not be accessible for the rest of the team and even if they try to share that information it's going to be overwhelming and it's going to be unnecessary in many cases so like i, I think I, I truly believe that they should uh, set those initiatives or this smaller these more specific goals rather than those uh, high level ones
0: as devil's advocate I yeah. am compelled sure. uh, to say that, well, isn't, wouldn't it be a job of a team leader in that sense to extract all, uh, well, first of all, to come up with a few alternatives, you want more daily active users, we can do number one, number two, number three, and then extract as much information from the CEO and executive group, and then try to make sense of that, present it, try to get the buy-in.
1: That 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 could work for uh, a lot of leaders, but it's not. Uh... All I'm I'm trying to say I don't think this should be the expectation. Uh, what we should expect from all the team leads, or product managers to do all the time, because I, like it, it can be uh, like a true time sink also for them to try to think of all the different solutions to help us. Achieve that specific goal of like if you have your goal as arbit like like a like a very high level goal like for example mm-hmm. increase retention what does that mean like how like there are a million ways to increase the retention you can't give that to your product manager and tell tell him or her please increase the retention you should tell them that okay we have these three different ideas for how we can increase the retention. Could you please take that to your team and try to explore those different ideas? And if you have something like other ideas that we did not mention, please bring them up to us. But these are the suggested ideas that we think that are gonna help us a lot in improving retention.
0: Well, it's the job of a director or VP or chief product officer to help either to identify those initiatives himself Mm -hmm. with the team with product managers with uh, execs um or help those pms actually figure out a way to do it but what you're saying is sometimes it's not it's being offloaded to pms exactly go figure it out
1: yeah and i i worked with teams where pms were asked to do these kind of things like we have a problem with uh bounce like uh, people keep Mm -hmm. bouncing off from uh, on this landing page or not like this landing page like we, we don't have like a, a lot of retention. Please fix that yeah. for us. Right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I will fix it.
0: And usually uh, it's always like, well, can you do it yesterday? Like, please. Yeah. We really need it. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, is, that highlights a lot of the challenges that, uh, that, that companies have, meaning and not only like, for example, on a marketing side, content side, having an unrealistic goal, unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes the plans that teams present are just not executable because they just have too many things. Like it sounds great in theory, it's it's fantastic, but there is no resources to do it. There's no timeline to do it and there's no budget. So what are we trying to do? Like, I think there's like there needs to be a team or somebody who's a skilled negotiator to do a massive reality realignment yeah, like with with executives here yes right right uh there, there's actually something
1: also related to this that i just remembered uh which is something i i learned from the ceo of uh, college vine uh, a startup i worked at um uh it, it's it's uh zach uh from that startup mm-hmm. he uh he opened my eyes to this uh like of uh, thinking of Uh, giving people uh, more concrete goals than giving them like super high level goals and like something related to that that he shared that resonates a lot with me is that in some teams there are those people what he calls visionaries and those visionaries in the team are the ones who usually come up with those uh, creative solutions or those ideas that would help move the needle or help the company achieve its goals so you and you should not expect that there are a ton of those visionaries on your team usually there are one or two visionaries in each team and if you can identify those people you should try to uh, work with them on leading the team into where they should focus what kind of solutions they should consider and whatnot
0: that is a fantastic Fantastic statement that is totally, totally And you know, what it highlights. I think to me is a lot of people are doing the wrong job. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who are trying to come up with that vision are awful. They're just completely terrible and unqualified. And it's a job of either the management or more directly the CEO to say, listen, this actual, this person, there's no way they can set any clear vision. It's a mess right we need to get rid of this guy or more realistically reassign him because he's probably good at something else mm-hmm. but like you said there's there are very few guys who can set a vision that that is that makes sense that is useful mm-hmm. definitely well this was uh this was awesome Maggie, thank, thank you, you. thank is. you for these insights this was a lovely conversation yeah thank you very much uh this is it. Thank you uh, guys for listening. Another episode of Product Innovation Show. You can find all the links, everything we mentioned in the show notes. Uh, you can follow Magdi on LinkedIn. And uh, Magdi, anywhere else people should click on to find you?
1: Yeah, they can uh, check out my website, mahdif.com. And they can follow me on Twitter, mahdif.
0: Well, there you we go. We'll include those links in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. We're out. We are